Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. After a couple of long drives for three of us, well, there's only three of us, but a couple moving locations, new beginnings, we are back with another episode, 4A Baseball Podcast. Tom Stebbs, how you guys doing today? Doing good. Just moved in, uh, new apartment. I hope you guys can hear me all right. Uh, my headset is not on right now. Um, I still got to get that one out of the bag, but, um, you know, I'm still in the moving process. Stebbs, how are you doing today? You, you ready to talk about baseball? <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, it's always a fun time when we get to talk about baseball, and and I'm kind of glad to be back and just get into something, and just get back into the swing of things, right? Mm-hmm. We've had a. Uh, there's been a lot of changes since we last spoke. Uh, last time we did put out an episode, I believe, was the trade deadline recap or the monthly, as it was one of the two of those, and. So we've had a we've had a couple of days in between that. Uh, biggest news, I think, all three of our favorite news: the New York Yankees are dead. Yeah, I mean, all three of us, but Aiden. I mean, Aiden's obviously in shambles right now, but uh, I mean, it's a good year when the Yankees are below five hundred. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that they are under five hundred, I think, is the first time since nineteen ninety one. So that is 32 years. There is, I don't know the exact number, but I'd be willing to bet it's close to 50% of the world's population has never been alive for a Yankees losing season. Yeah. Probably something close to that. What do you guys think the issue is there in New York? I mean, we talked about it last year. I've kind of been highlighting how they've been vulnerable this whole time. Uh, as an offense, at least. And I think it's just being highlighted by Aaron Judge not being the best hitter in baseball. When he's not the best hitter in baseball, the Yankees are not putting runs on the board. So I I tried to explain that last year. I know you guys agree with me. I mean, without Judge, this team is nothing. So and it doesn't help that Aaron, uh, Anthony Rizzo was dealing with a concussion for two months and they didn't pull him. Um, There's just no run support. The pitchers have been underperforming, even though they've been decent so far. Um, but it's really down to the offense. I mean, Aaron Judge has been performing. His expected world was higher than it was last year. It's just, he's it. That's it. He's literally like, just saying, oh yeah, this guy performs or no one else. And there's, you know, normally a couple other guys who are like league average, slightly above. No, there's literally no one else. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to filter by the Yankees team. I mean, this team has put up worse offensive numbers than my giants, which we'll probably talk about later um, in this month. And it, it's been like that all season. Um, I'm going to switch to the Yankees real quick. Um, I mean, yeah, Glaber is the only one with a WRC plus above hundred, I think. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So um, it's him. Uh, Billy McKinney technically doesn't qualify, but uh, he has the only other uh, WRC plus above hundred. Um, you got guys like Bader and Volpe, uh, even, you know, Rizzo and LeMahieu all hovering around that 95 range, if not lower, actually way lower in the 80s for some of them. Uh, that creates one of the worst offenses in baseball. I mean, there's only one guy on this team above two war, and it, it's Judge in uh, more than 40 less games than the second than the, the other guys on the team. So, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty weak. The funny thing is, if you sort by WRC plus on fan graphs, the number 21 ranked team is the Yankees, like teams under them, you kind of expect the Rockies being that low is a little surprising, just 
they're normally like a pretty decent offensive team, just given that they play in cores. Um, number 22 is the San Francisco Giants. So, Tom. Definitely been a plummet. I think a couple months ago, probably about a month ago, we found ourselves at like 15. A couple months back of that, we were eighth. Um, so it's been a slow decline for the team the whole season. And it's only been getting worse. I think recently it's been a little little less concerning that we put up, I think, seven runs on the Braves in the last two games. But hopefully we can knock off the ice there. It's looking a little bit better, but uh, the, the Giants are doing everything they can to wake them up offensively. You see, I think the thing is with them is they rely – like you and I talked about it earlier. They rely a lot on pl- on platoons, and that doesn't always work because if one platoon doesn't work, you have to play the other guy who – you platoon for him because he doesn't succeed in that situation. I mean, yeah, I'll start by WRC plus. There are seven players above a hundred, which is not bad. No, uh, but all those players find themselves, you know, just a little bit over a hundred. Um, it also doesn't help that guys like Casey Smith and um, Luis Matos, even for that matter, the young guys that were looking to, you know, be a difference maker, have not been performing well, uh, at least offensively. Even Patrick Bailey has been. You know, slipping a little bit. He's WRC plus uh, a little under league average, um, but he's made up for it with his glove. Uh, he actually is the most war on this team at this point, despite playing in less games than everyone else. Um, but I, really, the offense has just been slipping slowly this whole season. I mean, you can say seven players over 100 uh, over league average is good, but it's it's been like that the whole season, and it's only been getting worse. I think at the beginning we had 10 guys, and now it's down to seven, and it's going to slip to probably five in the next week. I mean, it's unfortunate that it happens because it did look like they were never they were never going to compete for the division. Uh, I know we hinted at it, but they were never fully going for the division. It looked like they were going to be a competent wild card team, and it just looks like they're kind of coasting in right now. Because as we talked about a couple weeks back, the wild card race seemed to you know heat up to some degree i feel like it's slowed back down but as opposed to just one or two teams slowing down across the board it's slowed down yeah i mean it seems like everyone in the nl wild card has been pretty mediocre as of recently uh arizona's been heating up um after going on one of the worst cold spills uh i've ever seen from a playoff contender um cincinnati and miami have all been just kind of staying at that same level about a game out of the playoffs and Philly and San Francisco have been the only two teams that have stayed in that same position for um, over a month. Uh, The Cubs, Arizona, Cincinnati, and Miami have all been jumping back and forth in that last spot. And at this point, the Giants are only a half game up with that last spot. So it really, it could be them next that, that gets moved. I want to point out, like you mentioned the Marlins, Marlins just wrapped up a series with the Dodgers yesterday. So like that was, that was the first time I really went out of my way to watch a Marlins game because they were playing the Dodgers. And they're they're a solid pitching team. The bullpen's not great. It's really not that fantastic. Uh, when Sandy pitches, when Sandy pitched, it just didn't feel dominant. Like I feel like the Dodgers weren't confused by too much, and their offense was very high and low. If that makes sense, like Jorge Soler is an intimidating leadoff hitter. Josh Bell's been very good. Luis Arise is going to hit the ball around the yard. But you have those highs, and then I feel like it takes such a steep decline. That that's why the Marlins are sitting at this negative 40 run differential because they're doing a decent job at pitching, but they're not doing too much to put up runs. Yeah, I mean, I do like the additions of Jake Berger and Josh Bell. I'm a big Berger guy. Um, I would love to get a jersey, but he's been pretty consistent since being traded. 
Uh, he's batting 359 with a 531 uh, slugging on the Miami Marlins this year. So, I mean, he's he's looked, uh, you know, like it's worth it. And he's got team control, unlike other guys. Um, Josh Bell has also been playing well. Um, so, and, and you got Jazz coming back and hitting a home run, topping off a 10-run uh, stinker for Tony Gonsolin. Oh. Um, but, Steph, what do you think about the offense? Had pretty much hit the nail on the head. I, Josh Bell has been sensational since getting traded to Miami. Like you say, he's been doing good. He's been playing out of his mind, like like he was in the first half last year on Washington. Um, the Marlins' offense was always gonna be their strength. We always knew that it was their defense and their bullpen depth, which seemed to be the two things that are really biting them in the butt so far throughout the season. Um. We expected Brad. Brad talked about it. We expected Sandy to be better, and he just hasn't been. But I think if they can make it into the playoffs, Sandy can turn it up a notch and be what he wants to be. Be what he was last year, right? Um, I just think they need that chance, and if they can get into the postseason, it they'll be good. Because you really, when you get in the postseason, you need about two or three starters, and you need two or three bullpen arms that can really like dominate and then outside of that you need guys that can fill the gaps well and i think they have that i i think that they would be a dangerous early playoff team i don't think that they have what it takes to make a deep run because you have as you mentioned josh bell can get hot carry you through a series jorge soler he's hit big home runs he did it in 2021 jake berger and luisa rise they're pure hitters berger more of a power bat than a rise rises arguably the best contact hitter in baseball, although he's been falling off. Um, it just, I don't think they have a catalyst left in them. I don't think they're, I don't think they're better than the other playoff contenders. And Tom, you were really high on them at the beginning of the season. And look, a five twelve winning percentage would be a considered a success given where they've been the past few years. But given where they were a few weeks back, I feel like we're seeing more of this negative 40-run differential team. Yeah. I mean, Jorge Lopez, since being traded, has not been the best. He's had uh, two bad outings for the Miami Marlins. I don't know why I keep saying Miami Marlins, but the Marlins. Um, AJ Puck has not been the best ac- acquisition for them. Um, so all the bullpen pieces they've been, even Robertson in his first relief rough. had a bad outing too. I like guys like Braxton Garrett and Jesus Lazardo, you know, Jesus Lizard. But I don't see I don't see the pitching staff holding together, which is kind of ironic because I I don't know. This offense is very inconsistent. I watched them explode on Tony Gonsolin um and then proceed to drop one run a night for the rest of the series. And I don't know where the consistency is. There's a lot of guys in this in this roster that can make differences. I mean, th- those outfielders, Jesus Sanchez and Brian De La Cruz, could always make a difference. I mean, they're probably about league average bats. But I, I I don't know if that offense can propel them. For a team that I thought their identity was pitching, it seems like their strength isn't hitting this season, at least, right, uh, compared to last year. It's like looking at it, like we were, we were all very high on Brian De La Cruz to begin the year just because of his expected Woba from last year. And it just hasn't replicated. Um, he hasn't been solid. Yuli Gurriel still getting a ton of at-bats. Gene Segura is listed as one of their highest uh, batters, but obviously he's no longer with the organization. He got sent over to Cleveland in the Josh Bell trade. Joey Wendell plays most games for them. He's got a 261 Woba. Like this team has issues. 
that I feel like they tried to address in a cheap way. I agree. Um, I do think that the Jake Berger being cheap was the best move that they could have made because that was cheap and they have him for team control. And that's something that's going to reflect well in their future. Um, I don't know about their young pitchers coming up. Uh, obviously, Yuri Perez is probably going to be a good spark plug, especially in a playoff run. But I haven't really seen him go deep into games consistently, um, probably because he's young and they don't really want him going deep into games. But, I mean, he could be a difference maker in October. Um, but, I mean, looking at the other teams there, I think the Miami Marlins, I'm going to say again, are better than Cincinnati and Arizona right now, at least, on the surface. I, Cincinnati has been fairly inconsistent um in terms of you know last month probably um they don't look as electric as they did i don't know if they're getting tired or if it's just you know getting worn off a little bit and getting pitches or adjusting to them but i don't know i think just as you were saying um i what three teams do you think because obviously Philly has a three game or three games up. San Francisco's half a game up, but like those could e- they could easily falter and drop again, right? If they go on a cold streak, other teams get hot. What three teams do you think not only will make the playoffs out of this what seven six that are here, but have the best chances to compete to get to the World Series if not win it? I mean, we saw it last year with Philly. I think that's the most obvious answer. Um. I think the divisions are pretty locked in at this rate. Uh, back a couple of weeks ago, you guys asked the question, like, who do you see winning the Central? And I said the Reds, and I think I let a lot of recency bias get to me, like, just given how fun they had been at the time. Like, the Brewers are clearly the better team. Uh, I think they're the best team in that division. It doesn't mean they're a good team. It just means they're the best team in that division. I, the only playoff team I trust is Philly out of the wild card. I, I completely agree with that. I don't trust the Giants. I don't trust I don't trust the Cubs. I don't trust Arizona. Cincinnati, uh, Hunter Green just came back for his first start and gave up nine runs um, today. Uh, that's not the way you want to return from your 60-day IL injury. Uh, Abbott and, and, and Ashcraft have been good recently. Ashcraft has been actually, you know, going the right direction after mm-hmm. a horrible start to the season. But outside of that, is there anyone in this bullpen other than obviously uh, Alexis Diaz that stands out to you? No. Exactly. So it's not a team that can go deep in the postseason. Right now I'm going to say that it's Philadelphia. Um, the way that Arizona has been playing, I'm going to say Arizona sneaks in the last spot. And for the middle spot, I, I, I'm i going to go with the Giants, but I don't know. They, I, I could easily see them falling off uh, just based on how they've been playing offensively i think if the nlcs is anything but dodgers braves were getting robbed because i think that'd be a very fun series like if both of these two teams are playing how they've been the past month like post all-star break dodgers versus this whole season braves that'd be a pretty solid series uh also dodgers are only four games behind the mighty braves for first place in the national league uh just thought i'd bring that up nah uh, you gotta August 31st is when you play Atlanta. It's a, it's a four-game series. You do get to play them at home. I'm excited for that. I'm, I'll definitely be watching that one. I'm excited to see Lance Lynn face the Braves because he's. I don't think he's faced a very good offense yet, and I want to see like if this new pitch utilization, Lance Lynn, is legit. If he can take down a genuine offense 
or he's just been feasting on bad teams? I, I wouldn't even say that. He's just looked like genuinely better. I mean, the difference between major league ball clubs is not like massive. I mean, I think his worst start was versus the A's, which is kind of ironic mm-hmm. uh, as a Dodger. But who did he play last time? It was Milwaukee. The Brewers. And he went yeah. seven scoreless. It's probably about the league average. Hold on, we go W. I think they're the worst uh, offense in the National League. Oh, that, that you're no, it's it's Colorado, but second worst. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go by Woba too. Milwaukee is, yeah, that's they're worst by Woba. So yeah, I mean, the makes sense by the plus stat adjusting for Colorado, they get punished. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think the uh, San Diego start might be a little promising, especially considering it was on the road. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I would definitely like to see him versus a real team. I, the Padres, we thought they were going to turn it around second half. They haven't done too much. Um, it feels like they're always like almost there. But last we checked, they were four games below 500. Now they're seven. They lose to bad teams and then they go out and win the series versus Baltimore. You know, they, they play, they seem to play good versus good competition. They beat, they swept the Red Hot Angels at the time in early July. I remember that. They won the series versus Toronto and then can then continue to lose the series later on. They swept Texas. Like, this is a team that, that plays to the competition, which is why I was so scared that if they made the playoffs, they would go on a run because they play well versus good teams. But you, you can't make the playoffs if you play bad versus bad teams. Like this team is just awful versus competition below 500. For reference, they are 37 and 45 against teams over 500. Recently, recently. recently. What, what holes Last do you months. think they, this is, this is looking forward, I guess a little bit, but what holes do you guys want them to address this off season? I want there to be, it feels like a purchase team. It doesn't feel like a homegrown team at all. Like I know Tatis is homegrown and they extended him, but it feels purchased. I I don't, it's not correct. It's not purchased, but that's just the feeling I get from it. I'd like to see that they're going to have to answer a lot of questions about their starting rotation. uh, Most notably Blake Snell. I'd like to see them go out and almost do what the angels did this year is go get a bunch of average guys yeah. to, for your backup positions because let's face it trent grisham's not going to cut it anymore he's he's not good jake cronenworth has been okay but not the guy that he was in 2020 which they need they need the guys like jake cronenworth to be very good machado's been down Xander bogarts has been down tatis and soto have been fine but like so soto so has been very good they need all four of their big four to go and they need someone else to do something. This team's top five. Uh, he's their fifth in batting war and seventh in pitching war. I mean, a team that's top 10 in both pitching and batting war should hypothetically be in the playoff chase. This team's under 500. Um, and it's not even close. Like, Stabs, what do you got? I was going to say, well, if you look at, like, run differentials, right, I'm looking just at wild card. Look in the American League. Everyone with a positive run differential is – three games or in the wild card. And then it's the three teams that are in the wild card right now have a positive run differential. And then the only other team is the Padres and they're six games back of the wild card. And there's something to say about losing close games. Um, I mean, at some point you just got to win them. I mean, it's easier said than done. Like 
don't take that for granted. I understand how difficult it is to win a baseball game. But if you want to be a legitimate playoff team, you have to be able to push back in these close situations. In these close games, you have to be able to go out and take it back. Because if you get it to Josh Hader, he has been the best reliever in the National League this year. You get it to Hader, you win the game, but they just haven't been able to get it to Hader. Yeah, I mean, I almost want to revisit because uh, we always do this. And Stev's being a Nats fan, I think I'll do it. The Nats are two and a half games back of the Padres right now. I mean, they're two and a half games back. They don't they don't get another series to play each other so that they can, you know, lap them. But th- this is a, way closer than it should be. <laughs> I mean, if the Nats can somehow not only pass the Mets, but also the Padres at any point in the season, it's um it's kind of gloomy for the Padres front office, especially well, after trading especially- away the entire farm system. What? That that giant trade that that happened last year with Soto, you gave up your whole future for one guy, and you, it's it's a game and a half back, right? Like it, that's not it's not a good look. Uh I will say with the new top one hundred, the pos- the Padres were a top ten um, farm system, so they did rebuild it decently. So that that's just something to point out. And it's who's to say they won't trade it all away for more more players. Um, the Nationals, Stebs, will let you go on this for a little bit. They've been playing better ball as of recently. Um, six and four in their last 10. It feels like a couple of the younger guys are playing competently. How do you feel about this? So my big thing, right, is uh, it felt like earlier in the season when they got down, they were just out like the whole time. Within the past like 20 games, it feels like when they're down, they still find a way to claw and fight back. And that's what good baseball teams do, right? They don't give up. They find ways to come back, right? Um, there was a bad, bad game against Philadelphia, right? Um, there's two bad games against Philadelphia that we haven't talked about. One of them, we didn't get a hit in them. And the other one, uh, freaking Corey Abbott, Dave Martinez let Corey, Corey Abbott go on way too long. And they, Trey Turner homered twice in one inning against him. That's just that's a managerial issue. The hitting one, I mean, sometimes you just you get beat, right? There's no hit. You got no hit by Michael Lorenzen. It is what it is. You move on to the next day, you tip your cap. Um at at the end of the day, I, I don't even know what what are we in our last like 20? Can one of you guys figure that out? But the thing is, we it's it's day in, day out. They are fighting, they are doing what they need to do. CJ Abrams has looked very good. Kbert Ruiz has looked very good. Those are the two main pieces offensively that we needed to look good. And as of late, they have been look, they've looked phenomenally. I mean, honestly, thinking as a part-time Nat fan, I can say with confidence that if you had a couple more, you know, competent starting pitchers, you'd actually be um, hovering around 500. I didn't want to say competing for a wild card spot, but probably hovering around 500. Um, Because I mean, the pitching staff. You can say Gray and Gore are good, um, and they are good. Uh, it's just not that good. Um, but after that, you got Corbin, Irvin, and Williams. Uh, Adon should not be on the team anymore. I don't I don't know why he's still there. Um, but after that, I mean, the team is pretty much empty. Uh, Kay Cavalli, is he set to come back next year? Kay Cavalli should be back next year, I believe. Yes, Brad? Is They are 13-7 and seven in the last 10. So, I mean, 
that's what you need to do, right? You need to win the series, right? There was a huge thing at the beginning of the season and, and into the middle of the season that the Nats haven't swept anybody, right? Now we've swept the Reds, we've swept the Giants, and we swept the Athletics. That's three sweeps in one season, which shouldn't be an accomplishment for an, but for a team that's this is supposed to be this abysmal, right? They were what 59 and a half wins. Um was the was the over under. I think they're gonna smash that and I think they're gonna do to just keep going better and better, right? Um, we have people coming up to the farm system. Dylan Cruz, rightfully not unexpected whatsoever, but he has looked phenomenal in single A. Um, hopefully we'll get to see James Wood come up, hopefully, because Tom Tom and I were talking about this. He what he got, we went up a level, looked bad, went back down, looked good. Hopefully he can figure out that the next step to get up to that level and play well at that level. Um, Brady House has been doing his thing. Elijah Green is back from injury. It the pieces need to keep developing and need to keep doing what they're doing, and hopefully we get new coaching staff at least at the major league level because the way it's looking, it looks like we're gonna hold on to to David Martinez and Mike Rizzo, which I'm fine with, but I don't want the same hit i don't want jim hickey and i don't want coles i i would like to get rid of them i've been looking at cj recently um i'm not gonna say it was a fluke month but since his month july i mean his last couple of games he's two for 23 um this month he's batting 212 in 18 games um with an ops hovering around 500 um he's looked a lot worse since that month of july uh, he did have a very nice home run and a pimp job with it. But do you think that he's cooled off and that he doesn't, I mean, he's still aggressive on the bases, which I'm liking, but um, do you think it's going to continue? Like his hot streak is going to wake up again? I mean, cold. I don't, I, I would like for him to just be average if I'm being a hundred percent honest to finish the season. Like I don't, I mean, I obviously I'd be okay with a hot streak, but I want him to find that middle ground of consistency um i'm excited to watch them tonight in the little league game so hopefully that'll be a fun watch but I, at the end of the day i just want i want him to play good day in and day out because that's what good players need to do and that's what good teams need from their starting shortstop it looks like their start like their pitching as a whole still really hasn't it's a step behind the offense which you can work with um but you just need to see it from you need to see this offensive breakout from younger guys. Like CJ Abrams has been better than he was. That's a low bar, but Kiva Ruiz has had a good past month and a half, which has really helped his season numbers. Stone Garrett, not necessarily on the younger side, but you know what? That's a good bat to have through the stretch. Lane Thomas has definitely cooled down. Maybe you should have traded yeah. him. Um, we probably we probably should have traded him, but then I, I'm not upset with it. I like Lane Thomas. I like what he has, and if we could sign him to a seven year deal, I mean that's fine. This off season, I want to go out and get a middle to high tier name, and lock him down for like five to seven years, right? Like if I could go and get like a a Reese Hoskins or a pitcher or something like that, like that's what I would want to do to kind of jumpstart and continue this. Like imagine if this lineup had Reese Hoskins and they're all a year more developed. We get Dylan Cruz or James Wood up into the majors. I think this team's looking pretty good for the future. And especially after next season, we have Corbin's contract off. We can then go out and spend a little more money in free agency. I think you'd be better fit to go for a small two or three year contract next year or this off season. And especially considering Reese Hoskins is likely to get a one year deal as he'll miss this whole year. 
uh, like a rebuild thing. If you guys can make a wild card push, that's a good player to have with you, but you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and that not be the basket you want to, you know, you don't want that to be the card you've played for this new nationals team. You want to, I think having the flexibility once Corbin's contract is really important to the future of this organization. Yeah, hundred percent. So what do, you, what do you think about Riley Adams and how good he's been in the I, game? I want to move him to first base. I've wanted to move him to first base since we got him from Toronto. But he's still just a backup catcher behind K-Bert. Why don't you move K-Bert to first base or or better no, yet? move K-Bert, K-Bert first. K-Bert to DH. I mean, move Manessis to first. Would, do that. I mean, I'd be okay with that too. But I, the, the Dave Martinez is... Is I mean he's a good coach he's a good player coach but I just don't think he's making the correct moves on the yeah. field that needs to happen right I, I don't know how much of that is a him decision and I, I you know what maybe you're right and that's probably you're probably right you are but he's the guy that's gonna get all the brunt of everything right like Mike Rizzo's probably Mike Rizzo and the and the learners are pulling those strings and saying we want K Bear behind the dish I agree with you I think K Bear going to DH Riley staying behind the dish I don't think we have i don't think he has enough playtime to get his framing metrics i don't know how good he is behind the dish but offensively he's definitely been there so far um and manessis plays better at plays better offensively when he is on the field but also i think the young guys like dominic smith's glove a little bit better so they trust him a little more which is kind of what they the reason dominic smith's still out there i think um for reference, Riley Adam has negative four catching framing runs, and Kibbert Ruiz has negative ten. But also, you got to think about play time, right? Riley Adams. Okay, so on two thousand nine hundred and ninety-two pitches, Kibbert Ruiz has negative ten. On nine hundred and ninety-three, so if you keep him at that same rate, he would be at about negative thirteen. So, Stos, you're bad at developing catchers. Who is okay? Who is the I worst framing catcher in baseball? Probably Shea Langoliers. Tom, it's Shea Langoliers. No, he is the fifth worst. Is it Gaber? Nope. No, it's Shea Martin Maldonado. Oh, he's having. A I think I did know that somewhere. What use does he even have anymore? I th- he calls a good game, maybe. Eight, yeah. well, he's what he's. He is umped or he is caught for three no hitters, right? Yeah, that sounds so right. That's probably what it is. He probably is just really good at calling games. He probably could be a pretty good coach after he retires. You know who doesn't need to be on a major league roster anymore? Who? Austin Barnes. Yeah. Mm. We can't fix him. 194 Woba. It's not good. Um but it's good seeing young teams have breakouts. Looking at the American League playoff picture real quick, we spent a lot of time in the National League before we wrap up. Baltimore, they've kind of settled themselves into a pretty good spot in the American League East. Uh, the Rays have cooled off. I think this Wander Franco drama has... I don't know how much impact it has on them, actually. Because, yes, you are losing your everyday shortstop, and that's pretty huge. He's an all-star, almost MVP candidate. But it seems like he's caused clubhouse issues this whole year. Uh, clearly, there's off-the-field issues. 
So I wonder how much this is going to affect the Rays, and especially in relation to the Astros that now play off Mariners. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! I you remember I called that I called that earlier actually um, that the Mariners would somehow find a way into the playoffs. Um, I guess with the help of J Rod's seventeen for twenty two streak there, I mean that's definitely going to help. Um, as a team, they look a lot better offensively. I mean they've always been there uh, with the pitching staff, but. Recently, they're a red hot. Um, obviously, they lost a series versus Baltimore, but they came off a sweep of a four game sweep of the Angels, three game sweep of Houston, and now they get to play the White Sox and then Kansas City and then Oakland. That looks like nine straight wins to me. Um, they also have one more series against Oakland and Kansas City after those two. Yeah, and then they get to go to New York after that series. So that that could be twelve straight wins for. I mean, I could see this team not, not hmm, man. They're only. Only a couple games back of their division now, actually. Hold on. Let me see that. They're only two and a half games back. I mean, that's something I would not have expected. Um, I don't see them stopping anytime soon. I, I see them catching Houston. I don't know if they go beyond that, but I see them catching Houston. Um, they're three games back right now, and they have quite literally the easiest strength of schedule in the rest of the league, I think, as of right now. Considering teams' rosters, what American League teams do you genuinely think are World Series contenders? Not they sh- they need to win World Series or it's a bust. Who? What teams can legitimately win a World Series? I'm going Texas, Houston, Seattle. I don't know if I don't know if Baltimore's ready yet. I know they have a really good record, but I wouldn't even count Seattle quite yet. I would. I don't know if I don't know if I consider Baltimore there yet. Tampa Bay. They have the offense to do it. Yeah. They need pitching, I, which is always their issue, even coming into the season. I would consider Baltimore the fourth biggest threat to the postseason. I don't want to overlook them, but I don't see anyone else in the American League East, which is some, the division we thought was going to be really good uh, to be kind of like this now. Do you think anyone in the AL East is a big contender for you? I think that – <sighs> The American, like, I think Toronto could really do damage if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, Baltimore is interesting just because they can hit. They're exciting. They're young. I feel like having young players in the playoffs. Yes, they're more experienced, but they they might not be as tired physically. And oh, man, I don't like Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I really don't. I I mean, they lost I, everyone. Everyone is gone. Um, so even uh, if we could, we, I, I could go back and I could find the tape, but I, I said, I didn't even at the beginning of the season, we were talking about their 13 game win streak or whatever to start off the season. I was like, they might be like this right now. They might continue to success throughout the season, but I don't see them as a, as a competitive postseason team. And lo and behold, everything is falling apart for them basically. And they're not going to be a good postseason team. Yes, Tom. You could not have predicted the Jeffrey Springs, Drew Resmus. Okay, no, no, I was, I was not predicting uh, the injuries, but uh, even as okay. that team was constructed, I didn't like them in the postseason. As let, I w- let's say everyone was healthy and Wander Franco I, didn't have his whole drama. I still don't, I still don't. I think that's a head. bogus take because if they had all of those arms healthy this okay. whole year, let's say not all of the arms. Okay, let's say not all of the arms because I mean, you, there you, will be some injuries and missing. some tweaks. You're missing springs. You still have Rasmussen, Glasnow, um, McClanahan, and um, Eflin. 
that that's a, you don't need five pitchers for the playoffs. You, you you could go with any of those guys. Not to mention you also are now missing your all star shortstop, who is supposed to be the future of your franchise. It's probably not going to play another game of baseball. Uh, that doesn't help. Um, was there any other injuries to the rest of the team? Was there any bullpen injuries? Jason Adams probably, but uh, I think he's Lau has been in and out. Yeah. Um, let's see the Tampa Bay Rays injuries. Manuel Margot is out. Shane McClanahan's out. Wander Franco's out. Francisco Mejia is on a rehab assignment. Taylor Walls is on the 10-day. He should be getting off today. Uh, Rasmussen, Garrett Clevenger, Jeffrey Springs, and Shane Boz. That's, that's I mean, that's got to be the most unlucky team to, to go from you know, the best. Is, to... But that's always Tampa. They're always unlucky. That's been three years of this now since they've got to the World Series in 2020. Mm. They've been the most unlucky team year in and year out. Um, I do agree with Brad. I think if Toronto makes the playoffs, I think they would be very, very scary. Baltimore definitely has the offense too. Um, if Minnesota's at full strength, maybe but I don't know how much of a fight they're really going to put. I could see them winning a series and then floundering out, but that would be about it. They have the pitching to do it, not the offense. Yeah. Brad, what's, who's on your list of, of real contenders? Um, the American League. Then we'll move over to the National. American League, real contenders. Houston. I, it's going to be Houston. It always is. I think Houston's I think legit. Texas teams, in my opinion. I could put the Mariners in the conversation, but I think I'd put them a tier below. I think I would, if I had to do tiers, I would have Astros and Rangers on one tier, and then Orioles, Mariners, and Blue Jays on a second tier. I agree. Yes, I agree. And then National League, I think I was talking about this with my dad. I think the Dodgers and Braves are leaps and bound better than not just every other National League team, but every other team in baseball. Like considering how they've been, if you especially like the last month, if you take that into account, how they've yeah. been recently, they're leaps and bounds better than any team in baseball. I would agree, but um we're talking about the playoffs here. So in my S tier I have the Braves. In my A tier I have the Dodgers. And then, like, A minus, I have Philadelphia. And then there's just F. And then that's yeah. the There's really no difference. I, I you can I would literally pair Milwaukee, San Francisco, Cubs, Arizona, and Cincinnati, Miami, all in the same category. Okay, I think I agree with Braves, then the Dodgers, then Philly. I put the Marlins in a B tier because they could pitch their way to a World Series. To the World Series, not to win the World Series. I mean, I've seen the Giants get hot, but I've also seen them get cold. You never really know with this with this team; they're very confusing. But I, I can see this. Team. I think that's a star issue. They didn't get the star. They don't have a star. AJ Pollock, ten days. <laughs> Pull his hamstring. Uh, I've been there before. It's not going to happen. But um, don't let us get to the playoffs, man. Logan Webb in the playoffs. I think is this great. playoffs is going to be great. I think the playoffs will be great. We'll see some young stars. We'll see some teams kind of – we're definitely going to see some sorts of upsets, whether it is Atlanta or the Dodgers going down or just a little upset. I think we're going to see a lot of stars shine and, and come out in new forms. I think it would be bad for baseball if the NLCS is not the Braves-Dodgers. 
bros really rooting for it. I mean, I no, I like yes, there's a huge bias there, but I genuinely think that what is about Philly Atlanta or like Philly Dodgers. I think that could be still good. I I I I, I disagree with the fact that if it's not Atlanta Dodgers, it's it's that or bust. Because it's the clash of the titans of this year. It's you I have think, the Dodgers in the year where yeah, they were vulnerable. Like the, everyone likes the David versus Goliath story. So let's say Milwaukee gets real hot going into the postseason, and it's them versus Atlanta or whatever. Like that's Milwaukee versus Milwaukee. That's just what happened last year. Yeah. Wait, no. What? It's neither the Padres or the Phillies were Goliath. No, I'm saying those were those were not Goliath. They oh. were, I'm saying they beat. Like you remember how the Mets and the Braves got eliminated early? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They got first. That, round, that was the whole story of the postseason. There was a lot of upsets last year. It was kind mm-hmm. of a very unexpected playoff run um, for who we thought. I mean, I, I I picked Astros to start, and that didn't change. But the way they got there was was not not anyone's uh, prediction. No. Well. Does anyone have any final thoughts? I'm all good. All righty. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the 4A Baseball Podcast. As always, if you have enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating review, sharing this with a friend. All social media links will be in the description below. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. See you.